Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is Lorraine Neidhart. I'm the host of A Venus Unplugged. And what we're going to do here in this particular broadcast is um, I'm going to talk about the lie. And uh, I'm going to read a quote which struck me as very important to reflect upon and then be looking at some uh, wisdom of the the uncommon common sense of fairy tales and how they guide us, okay, which will be from uh, a book by uh, The Shadow and Evil in Fairy Tales by Maria von Franz, and we are going to be exploring meeting the powers of evil. Uh, because we that's what fairy tales do. They they teach us um how to work with the opposites and how to work with uh evil and how to uh proceed ahead and grow. And so here is the quote that took me by storm. Guilt creates the opposites, the double edged axe that chops us in half. The half we go in search of. Wholeness presents the totality. None of the opposites are left out. The lie is not about the existence of opposites of dark light. The lie is labeling one side exclusively good and the other side exclusively bad. If we must make one side good and the other side bad... We reject one of the essential players in the creative drama. And so uh, that's something to really mull over, cook in your internal sanctum of alchemy, particularly if you're having a reaction to it that's even more better. It's got more libido in it. So the lie is not about the existence of opposites of dark light, The lie is labeling one side exclusively good and the other side exclusively bad. So what we're going to look at here, one of the things that that is meant by the conscious, because we hear this word a lot, but in the original phenomenon, the conscious is the immediate experience of the voice of God within oneself or the manifestation of the self, that's with the capital S, within the psyche, if you want to put it in psychological languages. So, in fairy tales, or hopefully within oneself, suddenly you hear that voice, and it's it's above like the chitter-chatter that goes on in in your head. Uh, It's bringing consciousness to it. Now, what's so fascinating about this this quote is that the guilt creates the opposites. Our guilt, wherever it may come from, valid or invalid, splits us into opposites. This is good, this is bad. This is right, this is wrong. This is above, this is below. So the function of guilt is creating these opposites. So in order to integrate the guilt to use it as a as a a way of knowing yourself is we 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 kind of catch or hook what are the opposites that are going on 
uh, the opposites of male and female. Well, you know, all men do this or all women do that or whatever those ridiculous statements that we say, especially when it's all or, you know, she hurt me and blah, uh, but you never stop to think, well, maybe, maybe there's a reason that was that person's reaction. Not judging it, just seeing it as as the, as the story. So the conscious, in uh, its true meaning, is the phenomenon uh, of the immediate experience of the voice of the divine within. And in fairy tales, which is the uncommon common sense, uh, von Franz is talking about a, a Russian fairy tale. Uh, and she, it's a, it's about a, a young girl, and she meets the, the beautiful. Uh, she's, it, it's called the Virgin Czar story, right? And she meets along the way, that wild and crazy, uh, Russian hag who really is not a hag. She really is a divinity in action, but she is neither good nor bad. She certainly is scary. But uh, in in this story, the girl finally achieves uh, the power of this of the skulls with this shining red eyes, which she uses to save herself. But she doesn't keep the skull. She does not keep the which it tells us. Okay, is that we need to get one? We can get a power. And um, and to protect ourselves or to get ourselves out of a dark space or out of the forest. But we don't keep that power. She gives it up and she doesn't keep it. Because a, mar- a magical power of revenge has been placed in her hands by the witch. Okay, And a, re- a revenge which takes place, though she hadn't intended to use it that way, it just happened. She didn't know it would burn her sisters and stepmother, but afterwards she buries it and leaves the problem, whole problem. She detaches from it completely. So we are going to explore this kind of concept of well, this guilt that we feel. Then we start having fantasies about revenge, and then revenge begets revenge, and we have the world that we have now. Um, so uh, we need to dial this back a little and see what we're up so one of the rules of wisdom in fairy tales uh, and or of revenge or, or of paying back evil, the emotional chain reaction tends to go on in some form and therefore it is wiser to interrupt it. Once we realize we're spiraling out in the revenge fantasies, we need to say, okay, okay, okay. Yes, that would feel good, but not really, because revenge really never works. Have the fantasy. Give yourself the full throttle of the fantasy. Really crank it up, uh, because, you know, Psyche needs to be telling that story. All right. And then that um, could do something else with that energy. Because when the right moment comes, one has to stop being caught up in the chain reaction and bury it and leave it alone. And we need to detach from the uh, integral personality 
from it and give up the power. You know, it's very human to say, uh, good, that serves them right. Or, well, that's their karma. That's dangerous, man, because no one knows anybody else's karma. We just know that what we're presenting in that particular episode in one another's life or within life, within one's inner world. Okay. So be careful with that one because that's revenge. You're happy that the other person is suffering. They deserve it. We don't know that. For that moment, for that moment, Terry, we we want to we want revenge, right? But when it keeps on going and we can't shut it up, and pe- I mean, people really can go out of their way with with the revengey stuff. Uh, doesn't fare well. That's what we. It's like evil medicine. So we get caught up in the evil thing. We use it. The, the evil medicine is the, but we think it's just. No, justice is Athena, and Athena does not use revenge. She uses wisdom, and Athena, the the archetype of Athena, knows how to relate to the Furies, and she knows how to bring justice, because the Furies come in when we really have gone too far. The old old woman scorned, she's possessed with the Furies, and only Athena or the inner Athena can appease uh, in a relatable way, not repress. See, this is the refinement of consciousness. This is an art form. Know how to work with these uh, exhausting at times and dizzying uh, realities of being human. Just to kind of go with the flow of the rage, is it's not going to get you anywhere. But to really kind of contain it and see the lie when we're into that's good and that's bad. They belong together. They're soulmates. Opposites are soulmates. We need to be able to contain them. And if we don't have enough consciousness, which means we haven't expanded uh, our, our, our sense of reality, or this is why we do art, this is why we create, this is why we dance, this is why we... It, it is sports. All of this is to expand our consciousness, endurance, to be able to hold the other. So we need to be aware that the evil begets evil, the revenge begets revenge, and there's no triumph if we just keep on doing that. Now, uh, Von Franz talks about um, a... uh, She was working with... Well, actually, it was Von Franz and and Barbara Hanna. They, They were young... Not young, J-U-N-G, but young with Y. Um, beginning uh, psychotherapist. And they both had, uh, at, for whatever the reasons of synchronicity, they both had very difficult clients. 
And at that time, Jung was the kind of uh, the the overseer. Of course, he would he would help them when they got into trouble, and they both happened to get into the same kind of trouble at the same time. And uh, so they went to Dr. Jung. So this is Barbara Hanna uh, and uh, Marie von Franz. And uh, you see, actually, nobody can really judge properly what evil or good is. So it's important to realize that when we really get opinionated and judgmental, we need to see what that is. You know, we want to be right, uh, even if we're wrong. We do not want to give up our position. We do not want to take a loss. That's the ego. This is, I'm absolutely right, which always fascinates me. When people can be absolutely right and won't budge. It's like, how can that happen? You know, because uh, the, the presence, the, 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 the shadow of its opposite is like uh, right in your face. So here they have this, uh, they both are experiencing, uh, they both had this difficult case, two different wounds, and they couldn't cope with it. So here I'm going to read from Meeting the Powers of Evil. So we each had a woman, Alison, very much obsessed by the negative animus. And so in those days... Uh, Dr. Jung was still our control analyst, and we asked for help. So it was kind of supervising them. And by chance, he saw both of these two ladies in the same afternoon. He was very nice to both of them, as he always was in such uh, in one-hour interviews, and accepted them completely. Accepted them completely, because that is... Part of the art form is being able to accept the other and their story. You know, you're not there to judge right or wrong. You're there to contain the story and to listen and mirror back. This isn't isn't a court case. This is a case of the psyche. So... Here he is, and, he's, and he accepts them completely. In my, in my in von Franz's case, the woman was quarreling with the, her, uh, the male analyst, the medical supervisor of the case, and she told Dr. Young all about it. And to cut a long story short, Miss Hannah's case uh, went went home and drew a beautiful picture as a kind of uh, reaction to what she had gotten from Dr. Young. Von Franz's Alison went home, rang up the medical doctor and the adult uh, of the analyst, and told him everything Dr. Young had said against him, plus a little bit more, making mischief with it. So we've all had that, those experiences. You know, one person is grateful and really does something uh, with the experience, and others just go and. Stir the mix, stir the shit up, and create a real storm. And and if you don't catch it, when somebody comes to you and says, this person said that, the first thing you ask before you buy into investing into what somebody is saying because they're they're stirring the mix, is, is that what you believe too? So you're letting the messenger know if there's ill intent you're part of it. 
not an innocent bystander. Well, I'm only telling you for your own good. Well, what good could come out of that statement? So we need to, that's, you know, that's the trickster. We, we need to be able to use our trickster, the lie and the truth and the truth and the lie. Uh, and that's one of the frustrating things, but also the glorious things about the Jungian process is there's no really, uh, there's archetypal information, but there's really like no fixed. Here are the 13 commandments of becoming whole. No. Like life, it shifts and changes, and it's it's a kaleidoscope of possibilities and also outcomes. So uh, Dr. Hanna's uh, Alessandre created art, and Dr. Von Fress's created evil. No reflection on either one of them, but that's what people do. So Dr. Jung said that this was very important because if one gave psychic energy to anyone who should o- they should always see what they do with it if there was a slight or a momentary recovery even if there even if that collapsed again one could go on giving in a charitable way or giving concern or giving energy to the case and the, the case is any case that we have. It's our friendship, it's our enemies, it's our loves, whatever. All right, so if there's growth, we continue to give. But while if it had a contrary effect, that one would know that one was feeding the demon of that person and that person didn't get what one gave. Once again, levels and refinements. If you're giving your gold or your goodness or your hard-earned, whatever your hard-earnedness is, watch what a person does with it. If they use it to hurt another, you don't give anymore. Now, that's hard because, you know, so often we want to get the last word. Or sometimes the best last word is no word at all. More times than we would like to know. It's like when you, part of it is actually love and respect for the other person because you go like, well, you know what, if I just tell them where their shadow is at and blah, 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 okay, fine. Uh, One may be uh, right or observant, but you're underestimating that the person will find their wholeness. So sometimes it's best to just chill and let them find out for themselves. Not like they're going to find out for themselves, but know that they, they that the integrity of that person's soul will find out. Or at least we can hope for that, right? So what um, this example is is about and what you was talking about is, you know, these we need to understand you know, now he did not uh, condemn uh, Von Franz's uh, case, but it was as if her evil animus was sitting in front of her mouth, and whenever she uh, gave, and whenever Von Franz gave her a good bit, you know, the negative animus got it. And in effect, the demon got fatter and she got thinner. 
So in such a case, if one goes on treating the person with this kind of love and charity and, and concern, one is acting destructively. And that is a mistake which many naive uh, young um, healers and helpers do. Keep on feeding them your gold or your goodness. And they're turning it to poison. You've earned that goal and you're sharing it. And they're insulting kindness. Or they don't want to give back in, in kind. Whatever good you give, they turn it to evil. Step away. Don't try to correct it. Don't even try to explain yourself. There's nothing to explain. If they're blinded, uh, they don't know that the negative animus is running their life. In the case of the feminine or the negative anima, in the case of the male, um, they don't know. So you need to be aware that not all things are uh, equal. So if you notice that you're feeding the devil and and it makes people worse, or you'll hear, well, you know, my teacher said, or my whomever, always stop, say, what do you say? I'm glad to hear that your teacher says this, or the Kabbalah says this, or the Tarot says this. Or what do you say? I'm glad that's your, your reference point. But what does the person, they, they're using uh, wisdom for evil. So this this was her, uh, what uh, Von Franz is talking about here. She says here, Dr. Young told me it was my very first case and that I was terrified to uh, let go of, of, of her, you know, one of her first cases. So she didn't pay attention for about a week, and she couldn't make up her mind to kick the lady out of analysis, telling her uh, that she was cheating, lying devil she was, okay. But one is kind of lovingly attached to one's first case. So for a week, uh, she hesitates, and then she did it. And the plain results was that from then on, she was much better. The woman, Okay. And after many years of no treatment, the Alicet was uh, practically all right. So it was the kick in the pants. And after eight years, uh, Von Franz got a letter thanking her. So sometimes you got to just let them go. All right. So in, in that case, it was not only uh, the woman's demon was eating everything she was given so that she couldn't get anything into her neither human feeling nor psychological food, it was much worse for one saw how the animus was working everywhere against life. If she got life energy from Dr. Young, she tried to hurt the other medical doctor by making mischief out of what Dr. Young supposedly said against him. She was working for destruction, for what Devon Franz would call psychological death atmosphere. Leave it to Von Franz to just name it. Plain and simple. So such a thing can begin with the simple level of a spoil sport. When people are having fun and somebody turns up with a sour face and tries to put a wet blanket on it, 
if one person has a nice present, the other person is jealous, and they make a spoiling, spoiling remark. And of course, they use that in humor. Humor is the shadow. So somebody is, thinks they're being funny, but it has a bard in it, and it, it hurts because you get the the uh, the evil in it, get the intention. And they say, oh, come on, you're so oversensitive. I didn't mean that. Well, if you didn't mean it, why am I feeling that? And then the crazy making comes when someone tries to talk you out of uh, this is provided you have a sense of humor. Now, if you have no sense of humor, everybody's going to hurt you because people do use humor to to give a nod, an acknowledgement of the shadow, acknowledgement, eh, it's not so kosher. Uh, and if it's good-hearted and just warmly human, you know, we all know that one. But if it really has that nasty shit in it, we know that too. So uh, that's one of the manifestations of the negative animus. They try to destroy like the flame of life, you know, the the eros, the... Uh, so in psychic life and pleasure, um, in, the, in the highest sense of the word, it's being alive and the burning fire of spiritual relation comes up and we're playing, we're having fun and we're experiencing Venus and, and the joy and then somebody comes in and says, eh, um, well, uh, it cuts. We need to see it for what it is. There are always people who, who try to cut it with envy or criticism, and that is uh, it's an aspect of, of real evil. So it's a kind of demonic desire to destroy all psychological life. So we need to pick up our ears when that's happening. Or the negative uh, mother doesn't mean one's personal mother. The negative side of the loving feminine comes up and says, you know, why don't you do something with your hair? realized you had hair or you weren't paying attention or, you know, it, it goes after something that, you know, you may have no interest in. Too busy saving the world to wonder what your hair looks like, okay? Or you like your hair all over the place, whatever it might be. That's always not has a touch of evil in it and we feel it so in a way we look at evil as a, as a skeleton so it is like the spirit of like no life and no love which has always been associated with the essence of, of evil and it's destructiveness for its own sake it destroys because it can no particular reason it just likes it sadistic so which everybody uh, has in himself and in some extent. But some people are completely possessed by it, as was the woman that Devon Franz was talking about. Uh, so this kind of death devil is best simply starved to death. One stretches out a skeleton hand to shake the skeleton hand. One gives no blood, no warmth, no life. And that makes the devil turn back to where it came from. So she talks here before we, she goes on. She wants to point out again 
that in dealing with an evil in the fairy tales or folklore material, the ethical conflicts is treated with a kind of natural wisdom that rather than religious awareness. Natural wisdom. Which is what we call common sense. So we as opposed to, you know, the religiosity of, of good and evil, which really gets uh, it's completely other level. So we need to apply this good, the warmth of human understanding. And we know, okay, pick up your hoop skirt and turn and just get out of the room. Or disengage. And certainly don't carry it on to the next person. We we need to be mirrored, so be very careful who you tell the stories to. Uh, because uh, you may be carrying a dose of of evil with it, and you don't realize it. You may be hurt, but sometimes write it down and certainly uh, do active imagination. One of the easiest ways to do active imagination is you get the the opposite of what's going on, whether it's good and evil. Sometimes I do like little finger puppets, and I assign one side to one and the opposite to the other and then have this conversation. They're not allowed to interfere. One finger puppet will say, well, la, 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 and the other one says, well, and back and forth and back and forth. And then you start to realize, wait, 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 there's a little point here, and then eventually comes an insight, which is called this transcendent function, the aha the voice of God, the divine within. So it's not the holy smoke of it all. It is just that insight. <gasps> oh, I see where I broke uh, uh, understanding. Okay. So that's part of what the consciousness is. So, and that's what morality is. Now, if we use it the wrong way, namely on other people, Okay, we need to use it towards ourselves. We need to understand that our reactions and what we're feeling and what we're going have we can go many, many, many ways with it. And there are sometimes, often more than we would like to understand, um, where we have to just disengage. So the the sharpening of of being able to tell the the differentiations um in ethical reactions we need to be careful that's clear you know not to be clear cut black and white lines uh, that's not favorable to life so you know after dealing with with fairy tales yeah, it's uh, probably better to treat evil outside of oneself according to the nature of wisdom the rules in fairy tales, and to apply the sharpened consciousness to oneself. So we use the fairy tale motif of being able to understand, disengaging, and if we really want to get to the consciousness, um, you know, we we work on that. We, we don't drag another. We don't pin another to the cross. Uh, if we want, if we want to put ourselves through the trial of fire, that's fine. But uh, the paradox of charity, 
when we, we need to be, should we be charitable to evil or not? Most of the time, not. I know there are extreme cases, uh, so oh, we're ended. Bye-bye. Ooh.